0: Hi, Taisei. Hi, Alex. Good afternoon. Welcome to this podcast. How are you? Room.
1: I'm very well, you know. It's snowing pretty hard outside, which I'm not a huge mm-hmm. fan of. But, yeah, it's going smoothly,
0: my life is, I would say. What about you? <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I saw, of course, you know, we had the first snow of the season about a month ago, I think. It was a pretty big one. And it was almost big to the point where I was like, oh, this snow actually might be here to stay. And of course it wasn't because these days it never is. Uh, but it's back. Lots of snow in all around, uh, just in time for Christmas, nine days away. We just, about two hours ago, passed the halfway mark of the month of December. So we are 23 out of 24 of the way through 2022. Time just keeps moving along, doesn't it? That's nuts. Nuts. Cannot
1: believe... You know, got the World Juniors happening in 10 days. Everything's just Yeah, like fucking, you know, Christmas events are in a week. That's absurd
2: to me. And so, yeah. And just like that, it's going to be 2023.
0: Very confusing. Yep, time to talk about the Seattle Kraken now on that basis. Also pretty confusing, um, team, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very confusing team. Uh, that's a good way to put it. So context for this week, they had won seven games in a row. Uh from stretching from around like mid-november up till December first, then they lost two games heading into this week and this week they were one in three, and it was not a very good one in three either uh they were playing four uh o okay k team well two o okay k teams and two pretty good ones uh and I mean besides their five two win against Florida, which was the second of the four games, uh did not inspire much confidence. At all for a team that's, you know, sitting in a playoff spot. No,
1: they got like run roughshod by a whole bunch of teams, right? Where it wasn't just like, oh, unlucky bounce, you lose by a goal. It was like you're getting, you know, there was one, one goal loss, but they were just getting dominated on the ice offensively by these teams. And uh, it wasn't a good look. And and I looked and, you know, it, we talked about goaltending, you know, it's still not good. It wasn't even half bad, you know, like Martin Jones has regressed to, you know, regular Martin Jones level. Um, But I found at least in the games that we watched, it was, you know, it wasn't great. It wasn't even good, but it wasn't atrocious uh, to the point that I expected. If you told me, you know, they went one and three, and didn't look particularly good. No, the entire
0: team uh, left a lot to be desired. Yes. Uh, which makes me wonder what we missed for the first few months of the season when they were winning every which way all the time and what that team could have possibly looked like. Uh, were they just getting lucky or playing over their heads, because based on, at least on the personnel, this week is probably much closer to what we were all expecting out of the Kraken this year.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. I was like, you know, that, I, the, the aim of this week when we picked the Kraken um, was, you know, why are they doing so well? And I have no clue. I couldn't fucking tell you Yeah, I tried. <laughs> Mission him. failed. Yeah, so this is you know, when I say confusing. I'm like, I look at this team, they got curb stomped by the sorry, by the Capitals, and I'm like, well, well, how is this team, you know, going on these big win streaks? Is this just like an Eastern Conference thing? It'll match up well? I don't fucking know. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know what makes them tick because they didn't tick this week. Um, so uh, yeah, we can,
0: we can run through the game, shall we? Yeah, go ahead. I'll, right. I'll start, I guess. Okay. Um, go ahead. I'll start with the 4 1 loss to the Washington Capitals. First period, Kraken badly outplayed, uh, yet Adam Larson uh, scores a, a weak goal from the point one nothing, but that would be seattle's last goal of the game second period uh it was anthony mantha chops at a puck in the crease that goes in off jamie alexiak's skate uh grubauer actually was pretty solid in this game he only did give up two goals because the last two were empty netters um but the second one was a was a pretty smelly one to marcus Johansson. cut went off his glove and in um but on the other hand, like Adam Larson and Carson Susie, who are pl- were playing together on a pairing for some reason, uh, totally blew that coverage. Shouldn't have it, let it even get to that point. So all three of them are held responsible for that one. Uh, and yeah, in the third period, the Kraken were like kind of only able to sustain pressure here and there. The best scoring chances I found mostly belonged to Washington, even though they were already winning in the third. Lars Eller, empty netter, Ovechkin empty netter, and Seattle gets a a well deserved L yep that's right um they just
1: yeah like you said they couldn't get really any sort of offense going um it was really you know like maddie benears hit the crossbar at one point and that was basically it in terms of the offense um and yeah grubauer you know i was impressed i was impressed by philip fucking grubauer aside from that you know that that's that marcus johansson goal but then again like you said that was embarrassing by everybody involved um like both defensemen just got turnstabbed and terrible coverage um but you know he made some nice saves Grubauer did uh, on a breakaway and, you know, Ovechkin had a nice little deke uh, and that left like fucking Eric Gustafson pulled up on the rush and I nice saved there. So, you know, Grubauer was, was was solid and yet, you know, the Kraken couldn't do shit to support him offensively. Uh, and so, you know, that was not not a good start to the week when you can't really get any offense going against the Washington Capitals.
0: Yeah, one of the probably easiest teams to get offense going against at this point. Yeah. Um and they couldn't do it. Uh, next game was their one win of the week. 5-2 over the Florida Panthers, uh, whose uh, failures continued to delight me. Um, but I must uh, give credit to the Panthers for their beautiful blue reverse retro sweaters. I thought they were absolutely gorgeous, and I was pleased to watch them.
1: Yeah, I was pleased to have them on my uh, drafted team when we drafted uh, those jerseys, because you're right. Just wonderful, wonderful shit. Maybe best in the league. Um, let me take it through the game. Right immediately, just at the the game, Carter Verhage hits the crossbar, uh, crack and come back on the forecheck, and Verhage just turns it over uh, to Jared McCann, who gets it to Matty Beneers, one-timer. And uh, so that was a real hero to zero moment for Carter Verhage. Um, makes it 1-0. Um, let's see. And then uh, fucking Eric Stahl, of all people. Uh, On a fourth line for the Panthers, who like three guys I had no idea were on the Panthers up until they contributed to that goal. Um, So it was like (laughs) Nick Cousins wins a board battle, gets the fucking Colin White. I forgot Colin White was still in the league who makes a pass out to to Eric Stahl in front of the net. Makes a 1-1. He had a big celebration. Everybody was kind of happy for him and whatnot. Um, But the the Kraken come back. Um, Andre Burakovsky. Panthers just give him way too much time and space. Uh, of the cycle and, uh, just a wrist shot that kind of beats Wabowski pretty cleanly. Um, let's see who was next. And then, uh, Maddie Beniers takes a point shot. Jordan Everly tips it in, uh, where, uh, the Panthers get again defensively just nowhere because Jordan Everly was completely alone <laughs> in front of the net. So don't know what's going on in Florida. Who knew this, uh, Paul Maurice experiment may not have, you know, may not have worked out um yeah what a surprise yeah, just complete shock who, just could have, who could have seen this coming um let's see and then uh, you know there was a notable penalty ryan lomberg just fucking i don't know lost his mind for some reason uh and like boarded justin schultz got a five-minute penalty for that um yeah that was, that was just very strange and uh maybe a sign of things may unraveling out in florida a bit uh but then uh and then seattle made a 4-1 daniel sprong one-timer daniel sprong Look pretty good this week for a guy who's you know depth speed. I think it was on a, like a PTO at the beginning of the season. Looks to be performing pretty well. Yanni Gord scores an empty net goal, makes a five-one, and then oh, it was it Chris Tierney uh, tipped a shot in the dying seconds to get one back for Florida. But that's uh, completely meaningless. Meaningless marker. Nothing, nothing at all. And uh, that was it. Pretty pretty dead performance from the Panthers. Was not impressed whatsoever. They looked terrible.
0: Yeah. Um the The Panthers looked terrible, which goes to explain why Seattle was able to come away with uh, a a handy win. Um, they won, won pretty handily, is what I was more more or less trying to say. Um, even though they, yeah, as we were saying, didn't have such a good week overall. Um, and also uh, worth noting, it was like it was a close game after the second period. It was like two one after the second, and it was in the third where the Panthers kind of really started to let the Kraken walk all over them.
1: Yeah, and you know, you know Martin Jones had a pretty good game. I got to say, he made a whole yeah. bunch of nice saves. And I was like, okay, I see why this is, you know, people were talking about Martin Jones for like a hot minute before he turned bad again. He had a he had a clinical November Martin Jones game, um apparently. And uh yeah, he made a whole bunch of nice saves. It wasn't like he was unchallenged or it is have some nice chances, um but uh he was up to the task as they say. Uh you know who I want to shout down? Carson Susi, just making yes. mistakes all over the place. We talked. We we mentioned in the Washington game. I got turned styled on the rush by Sonny Milano. Here, you know, he's like fucking turning it all over, over all the time early in the game. He, he there was a there was a particularly bad one that he gave it to Ekblad right in front of his own net. Um,
0: not good. He's just terrible. Yeah, Carson Susi, bad week. Probably not a great player to begin with. Um, he I noticed him in a bad way. Very very often, uh, and I kind of wanted to. I do think you know he's not the only one on the Seattle defense who's not you know who doesn't fit the bill. Um, we'll talk about that more once we I guess finish the week and do our kind of overall, uh, analysis of the Kraken. But the personnel on the defense is not a playoff personnel at all. No, no, it's never. It was not aided
1: this week by the fact that you know I think Jamie Alexiak in the first game against Washington, uh, was a high hit on uh. Alexander Alexeyev gets suspended for the rest of the week, basically. Yeah. Um he's not very good. Like, he's okay. You know, he's he's overused, I find in Seattle. Um, but you know, losing him certainly doesn't help because uh But he is also their
0: best defenseman, yeah. him and or Vince Dunn.
1: Yeah. Well I would say Vince Dunn. But uh like I said, in too high of a role and now he's out for the week. Puts a, puts his team in a bad situation. The defense
0: is another good. Next game. Uh they get killed by the Tampa Bay Lightning, huh. six to two. Uh, it starts with, uh, an Ian Cole shot from the point going in off of who, but Carson Susi, uh, and then it's Eric Chernak getting one off the rush beats Philip Grubauer on the far side two nothing, uh, Eberle to McCann on a two on one gets the Kraken, uh, one goal and then second period, uh, Corey Perry scores beats Grubauer short side. Then it's Braden point who dances around Adam Larson. With the greatest of ease, and delicately places the puck over Philip Grubauer's shoulder, totally embarrassing the to both of them, making it four one. And Grubauer uh gets yanked. Martin Jones comes in. And I noticed like with Grubauer, um kind of the case against Washington as well, even though he only gave up two goals, uh, and more so in this game. I mean, it's an up it's an improvement on last year in that there haven't really been any or many like big stinkers from from him. But with a lot of goals, especially in this game, where you go, oh yeah, I guess that was a nice shot. But if it was another goalie, you would expect him to, you know, save it now and then. and because, you know, sometimes good goalies will stop nice shots. Yeah. He gets beat cleanly way too often. You know, that that's that's what it is.
1: Um so you're like, okay, you know Yeah, that's it. You you say nice shot, you know, um, but he doesn't let up any squeakers, um, you might say. Uh or but uh yeah, he's just and and it shows like well, what is what are his stats this year? Okay, he's still rocking eight eighty two, lovely. Um, yeah, yeah. So he's just he's just he's just all the time, particularly in the glove side. I noticed uh, it's just not even close. You know what I mean? And so you know you can say, oh, great, the player, you know, the guy who shot it got a top shelf. But you know, if you were positioned better, could have at least challenged this for the save. And uh, yeah, he did not impress all four of those
0: goals. Uh, that the Lightning scored. Mm, he could have done better. He could have done better. Yep. And then it's Ross Colton later on making it 5-1. The Kraken at this point are, are totally spiraling. Uh, they got worse and worse as the game went on. Uh, it was their worst game of the week for sure. Um, They were, even on the broadcast, you're pointing out like the Kraken defensively were a total mess at this point. Like Ross Colton was left totally alone. Uh then in the third period it's it's uh Steven Stamkos who Larson is totally unable to defend in front. He moves around as he pleases, scores, makes it six one. Ryan Donato gets a nothing goal to make it uh six to two. But this was the game in particular that made me go, Wow, if that's the real Kraken, then they are going to plummet out of a playoff spot.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just just terrible defensively. Uh, first of all, you you know you talk about Adam Larson getting beat badly twice. Um, you know even on the Corey Perry goal, that's that's Vince Dunn, you know getting lost in the sauce. Uh, and you know getting outmaneuvered by fucking geriatric Corey Perry. No excuse <laughs> for that. And so yeah, there's there's no you know no real bright spots on this defense at all. Uh, and everybody's looking liable for for one goal or another. And yeah, this it it just kind of all came together here. Uh, where. They had a meltdown, especially near the end of the game. Um, and that's that's very concerning. And you're right, not, not looking like a playoff team whatsoever. Looks like Seattle from last year.
0: Yes, it did look like Seattle from last year. Uh, and even in the last game, which was last night, a 3-2 loss to the Hurricanes. Uh, sounds close when you just read out the score, but it didn't feel close. Uh, even, honestly, just the shot total uh, would indicate the Extremely lopsided game that it was because Carolina dominated. I don't remember the final tally, uh, but after that, uh, at a certain point when it was, or actually, I'll walk through like the start of the game. Well, first of all, Kale Fleury and Gustav Olofsson were both in the lineup on defense for the Kraken. Uh, not a great start to begin with. Um, Susie. Uh, uh, once again, will be in the highlights because he totally <laughs> missed uh, Yanni Gord's pass back to him, and it goes right to his Svechnikov breakaway, beats Grubauer blocker side, one nothing. Then it's Derek Stepan scoring off the rush for Carolina on a pass from Jack Drury, two nothing. And then Adam Larson in the highlights again for hooking Stefan Nason on a breakaway of all people, and so it leads to a penalty shot in the second period. I believe, yeah, this was in the second period. Uh, Nason takes a slap shot and scores. 3-0, a little way into the second period. And at this point, uh, the Seattle Kraken had only four shots on goal and had give, given up three goals already in the second period. Yeah, just uh, and I have the final tally here, 39-17. to 17. Just
1: <laughs> nothing, nothing. Uh, and yeah, so they do end up getting uh, a couple back. They had Ryan of scoring. Uh, tipped a Carson Soucy shot good for him. Gunness is there. Yeah, Carson Susy. Um and then Daniel Sprong. The he, who had a pretty good game and really was like the source of of uh I would say the majority of the great a scoring chances for the crack. Maybe not majority. It's saying like too much, but he you know, he had a breakaway earlier. That was stopped. Um but uh yeah, he he was he came in off the rush. Kachekov let one through. That was a terrible goal. Just kind of squeaked right under his arm. Um, but yeah, you gotta give it to him. He got the goal. So Daniels probably made it 3-2, but that's the thing. Once it was 3-2, they could not get shit going uh to kind of press for that tying goal because uh they couldn't get it all game. Um and yeah, it was like I, I cannot stress how dominant the hurricanes were up in you know, up until, you know, they, they made the Kraken started scoring. Um where yeah, they had no no answers. For like the fucking Stefan Nason line, what was up with that? <laughs> like it wasn't just the, the the like the penalty shot breakaway; it was just all over the place. Um, and like you know, Derek Stefan and Jack Drew, there's like a two on one at one point. They're just getting offense all over the place. And like, how are you not able to handle this line? Just completely uh, unacceptable.
0: Yes. Uh so that was the week for them. Last week we talked about the Kings, and they were. Not looking so tidy defensively either uh, and we'd said that you know because this is not a personnel problem we think these are good defensemen it's probably more of a coaching problem and I don't really feel the same way about the Kraken uh, because players like Carson Soucy and Adam Larson I just don't think they're skilled or fast or agile enough to keep up with for NHL forwards in general uh, if they're playing anything more than you know sheltered bottom pairing minutes, which they clearly aren't uh so when I look at this team on the surface, even well especially just looking at the results of this week, it's not a playoff caliber team, looking at the standings, I don't know if they're quite bad enough based on their hot start to cater out of a playoff spot. Would you agree with that? yeah, I think they've built themselves a nice cushion west is not
1: particularly good this year uh and yeah they they've they'll probably hang around they're a very they're quite mediocre team i think they definitely overperformed to get to this point i think they've had a pretty high you know shooting percentage overall as a team um and so i think you know they're maybe regressing a bit and this is the this is who the kraken it's probably somewhere in between what we saw this week and uh you know, earlier in the season, but I'm leaning more towards what we saw this week as the real Seattle Kraken. Um, but you know, they're, they're not, I don't think they're going to collapse to the point where they miss the playoffs. Um, I just think they will be a quite a straightforward first round exit
0: uh, from what I see. You know, I'm kind of rooting for their collapse. <laughs> they don't deserve it. They don't deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're not good enough. Yeah. I hope they, they continue this downward trend. And Ron Francis's egregious errors in assembling this defense in particular are not rewarded. And that better teams make the playoffs instead of them, such as Calgary.
1: Absolutely. Um, It seems as though, you know, even the the forwards have kind of really slowed down uh, in terms of their scoring. I mean, obviously, you have some bright spots. Veneers look pretty good. I I mentioned Daniel Sprong earlier. Um, But... I don't know everything they they weren't really able to generate proper, you know, offensive possession time, just offensive scoring chances in general. Uh where yeah, this looks this entire group now looks pretty mid if they can't pro- can't fucking produce. Can't play the possession game because they aren't, you know, uber talented. Um one one might say they have depth, um which, you know, I look at it now. Yeah, deep. Uh but if you don't have that upper echelon talent you're going to have to win by possession and if you're not doing that you're not going to win you're not going to score goals and that's exactly
0: what happened this week yep um i saw yeah i think that's pretty much our consensus on seattle but they weren't only active on the ice this week uh there was some they were a newsmaker on the waiver wire because nashville put former 30th overall pick in 2017 Illy tolvanen a former best player outside the NHL. Look how good he is at the Olympics for Finland in 2018. He's going to score a million goals. Player, Eli Tolvanen. waived by Nashville. Claimed by the Kraken. It was a surprise for me that he even made it all the way to the Kraken. And that worse teams didn't, you know, didn't take a stab at him. That, like, why wouldn't Arizona want him and then you know because that's a player you could easily flip for a mid-round pick help along your rebuild even if you don't want him to uh help you get better um well i guess maybe maybe there isn't a market for him for a mid-round pick um because it seems a lot of teams are like yeah we'll pass and he got all the way to the kraken who have you know a lot of winger depth to begin with so he, i don't think he's yeah he hasn't gotten into a game yet with them um but this is a player who's only 23, still has offensive potential. And even if that doesn't quite pan out, it's not like this is a defensive liability either. This is a perfectly fine, probably third-line winger at worst. Uh, he played almost all season last year, ended with, with a decent 23 points. Uh, this is no slouch at all, and he's making under one and a half.
1: Yeah, I don't get it. How he made it, well, Seattle in the order was like like 20 something. Um, in terms yeah. of waiver priority, he made it all the way down there. Like you said, already showing that he's more than capable defensively. It's just, you know, maybe the offensive production hasn't been there, but there's still, you know, for, for the cap it that he has, um, which is under one and a half, totally a role for, especially for the like 20 worst teams in the NHL right now. Um, you know, and if you're the Kraken, that's great. You're lucky he got to you in the first place. Um, very little risk because his cap it's, you know, negligible um maybe not negligible but you know low enough and certainly worth the value that he brings and so uh yeah just a good buy low kind of candidate you can if you nothing works out like you said just flip him at the deadline um yeah just a no a, a no risk move here from the kraken
0: just a total w I mean, and then they lose i don't yeah. know what in the world nashville was thinking doing this yeah <laughs> i mean we do have you know the perspective of like you know, for a very, very long time, Nashville was like, oh, they don't have any scoring punch team. And they like acquire Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne. It's like, these are our guys and Philip Forsberg. Here's our kind of mid at best, you know, group of offensive players. And Tolvenin was, well, he was the one prospect in the pipeline who was like, you know, this might be like our, our scoring star. And it hasn't quite turned out that way. Um, But I think what ended up happening was like they had a couple. Short-term injuries on defense, so they had to call up a few others, and so they had to make room for those defensemen by sending down a forward, uh, and he's the one they picked to wave, uh, because internally, I uh, I think Elliot Freeman was saying like they were totally expecting him to clear, what? so I guess they just don't really like him anymore. <laughs> oh my goodness, um,
1: that's quite the assumption. I think you ask any any sort of exter- external person, do you think Ely I- Tolman would clear waivers today? Most people would say no. I guess, you know, teams are strapped up to the cap and maybe they assume they couldn't take the cap hit. Um, But, I don't know, that's some that's some strange-ass logic, I gotta say, because he's not that expensive.
0: He's not like fucking... They should have had Ryan Johansson. Yeah, sure. He's not like Calvin. I'm going to who's not getting claimed.
1: Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, a very, very mystifying decision. And, um... Uh, you know, they're almost right though. They got all the way to 23rd. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, and just like that, they've they've given him away for free,
0: Nashville has. Yep. Um, and Seattle, in order to make room for their new waiver claim, put Carson Kuhlman on waivers and lost him to uh I think it was the Winnipeg Jets. Yep. So Winnipeg just added uh yet another Fifth line forward who will probably be on their third line within a week. Yet they remain atop the central division.
1: Oh man, we gotta watch the Jets one of
0: these weeks. This is another,
1: yep, another fraud team. I sus, well, I haven't watched them, so I can't say fraud. But I suspect, I weeks su- of a fraud team. Um, this Jets team. So
0: you know, man. I, apparently, Rick Bonus has been really oh, working boy. wonders. Jesus Christ,
1: that's uh. All right, I'll. You know what? I'll believe it when I see it. Um because otherwise yeah you just claim Carson Kuhlman you know just it's not a good roster man it's not a good roster he's a cool uh,
0: man uh, but I'm thank you well done all right so that's it on the Kraken and such uh, it's time to preview the World Juniors Um, they're coming up I think uh, I'll actually be out of town a week from today so this is probably our last episode before the World Juniors begin Um. And we're going to talk about them now. So, uh, I've pulled up uh the Canada, USA, Sweden, and Finland rosters. All of them are finalized except the USA. Well, they made a, a couple cuts recently. Um so we've got a quite a good idea of what most of these rosters will be looking like. Uh and I'm now going to pull up the pools on Wikipedia, the the groups. Um, because that's always of course a very key part of things. For uh, group A, we've got Canada, Sweden, Czechia, Germany, and Austria. And in Group B, we've got USA, Finland, Switzerland, Slovakia, and Latvia. Now, Team Canada, uh, once again, for the Xth year in a row, because they do this every single year, uh, they do the altogether stupid thing of pinpointing which player is going to play which role and who's going to be our limited amount of scorers? And who's going to be our crashing and bangers and our grinders and our penalty killers and all these things? Uh, and and thus, you end up with players like Matthew Savoy not even getting an invite to camp. And you end up with the egregious decision to cut Owen Beck uh, and Zachary Bolduc in favor of the likes of Colton Dock. That would be Kirby's little brother. Uh, Colton Duck, uh is notably six foot four, uh, and is notably uh born on January fourth, two thousand three, meaning he was one of the oldest eligibles. So that's you know a dream come true for uh for Team Canada. Uh, and <laughs> they bring back uh they oh I didn't even notice till now Reed Sha yeah. Reed on this team. Terrible. Jesus. Uh, liner Thanks. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, a fourth liner guy. So you know this is what they do. Uh, it's stupid. It's cost them in past years. Um, but, you know, the reason it doesn't cost them all the time is because Team USA tends to do it also. <laughs> and uh, every country, I think, has uh, an extreme bias towards older players in this tournament uh, to all of their detriments. And the first of the power nations to escape that mentality, um, I think, is going to see great success for it.
1: Yeah, relative to their current state. Because, you know what, Canada, their roster is good enough. Even with these questionable additions, or you know, any of these other countries, even if they optimize their rosters, would still think Canada is far and away the favorite. Um, yeah, just a very, very deep fucking roster. You know, I wouldn't say far and away. Eh, I would say it's it's quite. I mean, obviously, the thing the thing is the great equalizer is the goaltending, but it seems like you know, does anybody really have a superstar goalie this time around, especially among the big four? They they're all. You know, they could you know obviously anybody could have a great tournament and whatnot. Um, but no no huge names are goalie. And so then you look at, you know, who's at the top of the defense, who's at the top of the forwards, and yeah, it looks like Canada's really in a class of its own.
0: Yeah, well I think what really sets Canada apart is the the presence of Connor Bedard, Shane Wright, and Adam Fantilli. Uh I I can't remember the last time Canada had a, a three-headed monster like that heading into a tournament. You could maybe say like McDavid, Reinhardt, and Domi, something like that. Um, and you know, Duclair as well had that that excellent tournament. Um, camp was can't, that was 2015. Um, but no team can come close to matching the the star power of you know, you got two of the top prospects, including you know McDavid level player Bedard. It's very rare you get a because Bedard could be like he could be a star player in the NHL right now. If you were in the NHL this year, he'd be getting every single first place vote for the Calder Trophy. Uh, and it's not very often you, you get a player like that at this tournament at all. And you have Shane Wright, who is probably NHL-ready as well. Should have gone first overall this past year. Uh, Fantilli's tearing it up. And, you know, you've got uh, the supporting Dylan Gunther as well has has been loaned, and he's playing the NHL this year. So the top of their lineup is better than it's been in a while. It's a really special year for that. Uh, and so I think that's really what's going to set Canada apart as the favorite, even if the rest of their lineup uh, is kind of ho-hum compared to what it could have been.
1: Yeah, absolutely. what the fuck is Zach Dean doing, that. Caden Bankier. What is
0: this? Well, you have, you yeah. know. Zach Dean, Zach Dean was a first rounder. Eh. Uh, he belongs there. Caden Bankier was like a third round pick, I think, of the Wild, who's coming along nicely.
1: But now Matthew Savoy is like sitting on the couch, right? Didn't even make it a couch. Yeah. Absurd. And,
0: yeah, he didn't get a camp invite. Yeah, dumb. Huh.
1: Yeah, you know, if you look at their defense, they got Brent Clark, which you know was kind of up in the air whether the Kings would loan him. Um, they got that secured. That's a big piece for them. Um, so you know, you kind of got sort of a big three out there with uh, you know him, Zellweger, and yeah, you can add Del Mastro to that group, and uh, that you know you lean heavily on that, and especially considering the top six this team has, uh, in in the forward group and. Uh, should be fine. Should be great.
0: Yeah, the the defense, I think, at, at least as much as the forward is where their flawed philosophy comes through. Um, I was honestly part of me was a little surprised to see Korczynski on the team just because we it's well, well documented his defensive struggles. Um, but they've surrounded uh, you know, him and you know, Clark and Zellweger, who you know are the the, the stars of the defense. I'd say Clark and Zellweger. They'll be on the power play, all that stuff. Uh, with a lot of uh big hit guys, uh including Del Mastro, including Tyson Hines, uh including Jack Matier, uh and in particular Nolan Allen, uh who was the thirty-second overall pick of Chicago in twenty twenty-one, who uh b- basically all the smartest people I know said, man, was this ever a terrible draft pick? <laughs> uh, because he all he does is be big and hit. And it's looked like he's good defensively because of that, but he's not even that good defensively and he does nothing offensively. I haven't followed him very closely lately to know if maybe he's improved in certain aspects of the game. I would hope so. But the fact that that, that type of player and him specifically would have made this team ahead of Denton Matechuk, who didn't even get a, a camp invite for being, you know, on the shorter side and off to a bit of a slow start of the season. Uh, and as well, uh, were made the team ahead of Carson Lambos, who was, I think the last cut on defense and was actually on the team over the summer this year that won gold medal. So it's very rare to see a player who's eligible who returns to get cut, especially after that team won a gold medal. Uh, and I guess they're like, you know, we already have enough offensive defensemen, you know, we've got three of them. We don't need any more Carson Lambos. Uh, so we'll take, uh, Nolan Allen and, uh, and Jack Matier, Matier, Matra. His name is pronounced. Instead,
1: yeah, just the overall terrible philosophy. Who runs this thing? Is it some some hockey Canada executive? I think, who like? I see. I don't even know who, tell who, who you. makes these picks. Um, they just kind of come out and you know point and laugh. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just just this attitude comes in every fucking year. Uh, you know, you get these guys in who are like six foot three, six foot four, and you're like. Yeah, let let 'em run wild when you got you're leaving all sorts of talent back home.
0: Um yeah, and then we look so at the, the big problem yep, Or when Canada doesn't do well at this tournament, it's often because well partly because they get into penalty trouble. And when you have, you know, a bunch of defensemen whose calling card is physicality, that type of player also tends to take a lot of penalties. So that could be something uh worrying, I guess, for Team Canada, because you know, if you're on the penalty kill a lot, all of a sudden you know, Bedard and Wright and Fantilli and Gunther aren't on the ice as much. And that's a recipe for bad.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. And even like, and it doesn't let you roll as many waves on, on attack, right? Just by having, the, having that scoring depth. Um, like if you need a goal, right? Um, you really need to shorten your bench. <laughs> when ideally, um, you could just roll th- three or four lines of, you know, genuine relative stars uh, compared to the competition. Um, yeah, that's how you end up in bad spots. That's how you end up in, you know, a losing situation uh out in the knock knockout rounds. Um, but uh yeah, we'll we'll see if they've cost them. Uh looking at the goalies, yeah, nothing too special. Benjamin Goudreau uh seems to be the starter, but he has not been having a good season at all. Sub 900 And so, yeah, maybe Thomas Millich will take the role. He's been having a much better season. Uh and uh, yeah might see some some goalie switching uh, and maybe they'll let the group stage the round robin figure out who's gonna be the star moving into the knockout rounds.
0: It feels like very often these past couple of years with Canada we go wow those gold ten those goalies you know that could be a problem and then usually one will emerge and have a very solid tournament. Uh, Joel Hofer was the first one I remember. It kind of came out of nowhere and was was really solid. Uh, I think I think they won the gold medal his year. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, so that tends to happen. One of these years, though, it's good. I feel like it's gonna happen. It's you know, it's gonna catch up to Canada, and just both goalies are gonna be letting in half the shots. Yeah. Uh, and there'll just be no solution. It's only
1: a matter of time. You can't just <laughs> you can't year after year roll out these guys I've never heard of, and then hope that one of them has a hot hot streak. No, it's worked out up until now. But you know, the bottom's gonna give out at some point, right? You would think. Yep. Yeah. So maybe is this decision. the year? Maybe.
0: Is this the year where Bedard's uh 20 points in six games are <laughs> squandered by Benjamin Goodreau and Thomas Milich having a combined 775?
1: Could be. You never know. Um, but uh they only need to be adequate, right? That's what their their talent level indicates. So But yeah, one of these yep. years they'll both be terrible. And uh we'll just be like, yeah, well, we haven't had a good goalie in this from this country in the last like fucking ten years, so this is what you get.
0: Yeah, Carter Hart's the last one who was like actually like a star of the world junior team. Yeah. And now, you know, he's a NHL starting goalie. Um, the one before him was Zach Fucali. Everyone was all excited about. Didn't turn out quite so well for him, even though he had that shutout in his first game last year.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, so th- this 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 dearth of goaltending talent is also reflected in, you know, if, you, if we ever had a best-on-best national team trying to assemble the goalies for Canada, not a good look. Not a good look at all. Some sort of national sh- struggle, apparently. Can't get the goaltending right. Because yeah, it's a recurring problem that's been plaguing this roster for years now.
0: Yeah. Uh I don't I I I don't know if it's anything like systemic. They're like, oh, we can't develop goalies in this country anymore. I think every country kind of just, you know, goes through peaks and valleys with certain positions. Like uh, you know, Finland for a long time was like they had all the best goalies. And then they kind of just didn't really develop any for a while after that. Um, Canada, you know, had Price, Luongo, Fleury, Brodeur, kind of all at the same time. And then they kind of retired and they're, you know, it's just kind of a little bit of a a dry spell.
1: Yeah, could be. Could be. Honestly, I don't know which one it is. It could be a dry spell. It could be a systemic issue. Um, you know, maybe they just they haven't put the money where, in terms of the development that other countries have had, uh, notably like Russia where, you know, they've been on a bit of a heater uh, with developing goalies recently.
0: Um, Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> Shisterkin, Sorokin, Vasilevsky, Varlamov, other names I'm sure I'm forgetting. Samsonov all of a sudden is a superstar too.
1: Yeah, and then you have like, you know, these guys like Eskarov or yes. top of the line prospect. Um, so that's just continuous. Is it a hot streak? Is it a development thing? We shall see. Something to keep track of. Anyways, um, yeah, anything else on this Canada roster that you want to
0: note? I don't think so. I would like to talk about Team USA now, if that's all right with you. Go ahead. All right, so we don't have the final roster for this team. The last cuts aren't made. Um, but we can get a great idea of what the team's going to look like. And the team is going to look like Logan Cooley and Luke Hughes. Uh, in <laughs> That's going to be a lot of it. Logan Cooley is going to be top line center, he's going to be the star of the team. Uh, if they win, Gold. He's gonna have probably played a a Zegras type role for this team, and Luke Hughes on defense. It's gonna be the go to guy, gonna run shop. Um, but I think this defense uh is stronger than Canada's, and I don't even have to think much about that. Uh, Luke Hughes, I would say better than Brent Clark, who's Canada's best defenseman in my opinion, or Zellweger or Korchinski, if that's who you prefer. And then we've got a, a great balance as well. Lane Hudson, if he doesn't make the team. Then uh, we should all the, our criticism for Team Canada should be flung this way instead, because he's tearing it up uh, in uh, the NCAA. I think matching like uh, Quinn Hughes' pace from a few years ago, McAvoy as well. So he's having an absolutely unbelievable start at Boston University. Uh, so he should be on this team. And then you balance it out with you know guys like uh, Sean Behrens, uh Shai Buyam, who are more kind of you know strong two-way forces. Ryan Chesley. Uh, more of that defensive defenseman, but it's always good to have one of those really, you know, kind of defensive specialists on your lineup rather than say three or four. So uh, that's nothing to to frown at as well. And uh, Jack Pert too, I expect will be on the team. Once I think he was on the team over the summer actually too.
1: Yeah, solid stuff. I mean, yeah, no, if they leave Lane Hudson with well, the season he's having. That would be a crime. I have to left him off the roster. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's a solid defense. Uh... They don't quite have, like, they, they don't. I don't think they have quite the, you know, obviously, it's almost impossible to have the top end talent that Canada does. Um, but uh, that's where I would be concerned, and maybe where they don't match up as well compared to Canada, you know, and they just you run through the list,
0: yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um, but I, you know, what well, I guess with any team that kind of that will win gold and have success, you need some players to kind of step out up out of nowhere and have great tournaments for like the most likely guys to to control the offense for team usa beyond logan cooley uh you have chas lucius who's a high pick high skill guy uh rutger mcgrordy that name should sound familiar he's kind of you know the leadershipy guy but he's got a nice scoring touch as well and my favorite player i'm sure you know who i'm gonna say who better make this team and i expect will jimmy snuggerud <laughs> first round pick of the St. Louis Blues. Uh, I hope he gets a shot next to Logan Cooley on the presumed presume top line. And I think that's a name to look out for because I could see him kind of going on a tear, scoring, say, seven goals in seven games, that type of guy. Um, Red Savage uh, is a returner as well. And uh, Dylan Duke, there's my dark horse to to look out for. It was a, a lightning draft pick. And uh, I think I think that's exactly the type of guy who could potentially come out of nowhere and put on a bit of a show.
1: Yeah. I think overall, this four core is,
0: is, is okay. You and know, Gautier should have mentioned cutter Gautier as well, seeing That's as true. he was the fifth overall pick. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a solid class. I would say I, you know, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't really, I don't even really know what to pull. It just seems a uh, solid
0: bunch. Solid bunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I do have to absolutely see what you're saying that it's like, we could also end up with a, the with a situation where the bottom six is like a a total, like it's just completely dry there. And like, there's, there's no offense coming from there at all because there just really aren't any kind of, I guess, high profile guys.
1: Yeah. And if Canada selected their roster properly, that's where you would, you know, you could totally see their ability to roll four lines, dunk on the Americans. Um, But it does kind of leave you a bit uncomfortable. Now that they've kind of left their their bottom six vulnerable, I'm talking about the Canadians. Um because yeah, you if if those you don't if the top six does go, you know, slightly quiet, you don't have that kind of secondary story to, to support. And then that's where you you know you end up losing a game in the knockout stages. Yep. And
0: uh Team Finland, let's move on to them. Uh they don't really have any kind of you know, line a, aho Rantanen and type of high profile. Guys, these days unless you want to maybe generously throw brad lambert into that group um but you know that's never usually a problem for them they're consistently the best coach team at this tournament uh and they can always make things interesting except that one time they happened to finish ninth uh besides that outlier uh yeah they got joachim kamel as well so they have they do have st- some uh, scoring touch here and there um but even Without that, this team is always a threat just by their, you know, defensive structure and tenacity and all that things. But in terms of names to look out for besides those two, Lambert and Kamel, Vili uh, Koivinen, who was a Hurricanes draft pick, has, has really come a long way. Uh Yanni Neiman, I think, was a Kraken draft pick this year and Topi Roney of the Flames. Oliver Kapanen as well. These were kind of like second, third round guys. So they're uh decently deep. They uh, have a Couple decent names on defense. Nicholas Coco, I I think is maybe the front runner to start, but I honestly never really know with this team. It always seems to be a surprise who's in nets putting up a nine forty five, um, but always a threat from Team Finland, of course. Yeah. Um, like you said, not not
1: a really kind of superstar headline kind of team. Um, that's not how they really succeed, right? I mean, they have a couple names, but uh, yeah. Should be uh, it really is the, the the system that makes this work, and yeah, that's, that's how you got. We'll we'll, we'll probably hear of new guys that I've never fucking heard of. Um, have good tournaments just by virtue of the system.
0: Yep, indeed. Uh, and lastly is Team Sweden. This is a very interesting one, uh, as they always are. Um, they've got Carl Lindbaum, Vegas prospect, uh, possibly manning the net. Elias Pedersen of Vancouver Canucks draft pick, not to be confused with Elias Pedersen of Vancouver Canucks draft pick, who will be playing for this team. Um, not really any, you know, star on defense, but there could have been one. Interestingly, sixth overall pick Simon Edvinson of Detroit, who was obviously invited, uh, basically said, no thanks, I'm going to stay in the AHL with Grand Rapids. I will not come play for Team Sweden. Uh, So that's a massive blow uh, for this team that, you know, the past couple of years, defense has been a massive strength for them. Uh, Even just the personnel there, you know, even you go back a little while when they had Rasmus Dallin running the show as like a 17 year old. And then I think even as recently as like one or two years ago, we were looking at like the group of eight defense was like, this is incredible. They're like all like first or second round picks. Uh, Not quite the case this year. Um, they've only, I think half of their defensemen have even been drafted at all. Um, it's at really at forward where they're, where they've got their kind of big names. Um, starting with that famous line from, I think, Jurgarden of Jonathan Le Caramacki, Noah Ostland and Liam Ogren, who are all doing well, I believe again, to start the season and are all on team Sweden, the offense, uh, and the defense, cause they're all quite strong defensively as well. We'll be running through there. I could see this line really becoming a headline maker for Team Sweden and kind of tearing things up.
1: Yeah, you know, reunite them from the, the, the Swedish days. Um, yeah, because they already have that established chemistry. Uh, so, which, you know, you you well, I mean, Canada's, uh, who is it? The Shane Wright line um, has already, you know, got some experience together. Um, but yeah, whenever you do, you do have something established like this. Uh, and they're all very, very talented first round picks. Um, so... Yeah, that's where you you can see them take it another level, especially now that they've you know been drafted and whatnot.
0: Yeah, yeah for sure. There's other high, like other high picks like Isaac Rosen, Fabian Lysel, um. So there will be scoring depth throughout this lineup. Interestingly, on on uh, Noah Ostland um, that I I learned recently was that apparently, uh, Montreal had him ranked like seventh on their list. Um, so when they were talking about like, you know, trying to maybe trade into the ten to fifteen range. Which they actually technically did and then traded immediately away for Kirby Dock. But when they were looking to get there, in my mind, I thought they really had their eye on La because I know they had taken him out to dinner. But it was actually apparently Oastland who they preferred, uh, who ended up of course going to Buffalo at number sixteen.
1: Right. And what the 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 the, the Islanders pick was what, seventeen? Is that was? Uh, it was it was thirteen. Oh, so they okay. would have
0: taken him if they had held on to pick thirteen.
1: Right. I guess Kirby, Kirby Duck was too appealing, which you know from the results of the season, can't blame him too much. Um, but yeah. uh, anyways, that's uh that's an interesting tidbit. Um, yeah, no, this 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 team, like you said, the defense is uh not the uh the the biggest strength as it as it has been in past years. Uh, so it really is going to be kind of riding on the forwards
0: um to carry it through. What is your prediction? Who's gold, silver, bronze? Okay. What are you thinking?
1: All right. I'm thinking gold Canada. I think the the top end talent is just too much.
2: I think. Yeah, I'll go USA second. And then I'll take the Swedes third. I think. Uh,
1: yeah, that's that's pretty boilerplate. What do you think?
0: Yeah, it's very hard for me to bet against Bedard and company. So I'm, for that reason, mainly going Canada gold. Um, but I'm not sold on it. I think I might go Finland silver. Um, and I'm trying to think if I should go off the board for my bronze. We didn't really talk about any other teams, but Slovakia's got a better team than than normal. With they've got to have Simon Nemitz there, uh, manning the back end. Uh, guys like Philip Machar. Adam Sikora uh giving them uh, a really really nice look up front and you know hmm do I want to go Slo- no I'm not going to go Slovakia bronze I'm not I'm not that I'm not going to be that bold today I'll give uh I'll give Sweden the bronze over team USA
1: okay all right very nice um so should shape up to be an interesting tournament anything else you want to add before we move to some NHL news nope that's it on
0: world junior talk hope it goes well uh yeah let's move on to NHL news uh should we start with Ovi yeah 800 <laughs> um
1: Jesus Christ I, I don't remember which team it was against um but uh yeah fucking was at 797 before the game scores a hat trick um says fuck it you know he smelled the 800 blood was in the water and he just went ahead and scored uh, he's been on a tear you know, he's got a whole bunch of NT net goals. Um, and, uh, yeah, what is it? Like, seven goals in the last how many games? Four or five games. Um, so, yeah. And, and he, like, what, third player to do it. I think is one or uh, only a few behind Brett, uh, Gordie Howe for second overall in the goals race. And, yeah, he's he's been on a torrid pace. Certainly looks very, very much to be on pace to, you know, pass Gretzky within, what, three years now? Seems like every, like, six months, this topic comes around. Uh, and, yeah, he's, like, he's always, like, even more ahead of schedule than the last time we talked in
0: terms of beating that record. Yeah, he is only one goal behind Gordie Howe to tie him and two to pass him for second all-time. Third player out to score 800 goals. Incredible. He's already the best goal scorer of all time by era adjusted. Um, it was against uh, Chicago that he uh, got to that hat trick to get to 800. It's been pointed out like Ovechkin um, tends to speed up as he approaches milestones, which is the opposite of most players who are like, you know, tighten the, like hold the stick a little tighter or whatever. Uh, even a couple of years ago, I remember it was like the second last game of the year. He was sitting on 47 goals, got a hat trick to get to 50 and then uh, scratched the last game to rest up for the playoffs. So that's that's the type of guy he is. Um, and it's also been discussed like because he was drafted in 2004. Um, and that was right at the end of the dead puck era. So to to have said, like, this guy is going to break Gretzky's goals record uh, at that time would have been seen as completely preposterous. And yet he's done it. And it's not because there was a massive rise in the scoring. There's a bit of a rise in scoring now. Um, but you look at over the span of his career, uh, who has the most goals? Obviously, it's him first. And he's hundreds ahead of even guys like Crosby and Stamkos and that type of player. No one's even close. No one's in his vicinity in terms of in terms of scoring goals. He's the best all-time at it. And the question isn't now whether he's going to pass Gretzky because at this point, it would be a big surprise if he somehow didn't. My new question is, does he hit 1,000?
1: <laughs> My God. what is he? So he's at 800 now. He needs 200 goals.
0: Um, he needs 200 goals to get there. And I say okay. yes. And here's why I say yes. I say absolutely yes, um, because I don't think he's going to retire at the end of this contract, uh, which has, I think, what is it, three years left? Uh, Let me check exactly. Um, I foresee Altovechkin playing until he's at least like 43, 44 years old, uh, doing a kind of Yager type of thing, because his game at this point uh, isn't very reliant on speed. Uh, It's reliant on his positioning and his shot, and it's not very reliant on defensive prowess because he's never been so good at that, although he's not absolutely terrible. So I don't, if his game hasn't really aged poorly up until now, so I don't see why, much like Jager, it would age so poorly moving forward. I think I don't see him as the type of player who's going to want to hang up the skates uh, as long as he's still productive. Um, so I think he's going to play for like at least let's five more seasons after this, and say, at, say he scores, uh, let's be very conservative and say he'll score thirty goals from now until the end of the season, uh, and he ends up with eight thirty this year. Then all of a sudden, uh, let's divide the one hundred seventy goals he would need remaining by five seasons. All he would have to do is score to thirty-four goal pace on average each year for five seasons after this, and he'd get to a thousand, I think it's going to happen.
1: Yeah, I could, you know, the the thing, the nice thing about it is like, you know, Ted Leonsis came out with a statement. uh, They said he's not going to rebuild while Ovechkin chases this record. So that's already immediately one major concern out of the way in that he won't be surrounded <laughs> by dog shit uh, in like three, four years. When frankly, he probably should be because this cup window is closed. Yeah, the cap should probably blow it up. But like we've discussed in the past, this is now the Ovechkin. Uh, it's the Washington Ovechkins. And we're all just trying to get him to the record, maybe make the playoffs two times or something like that. Um, so, you know, I could, I could see it. I could see it. I'm gonna take the under right now. I'm not completely sold, um, but yeah, this man just doesn't fucking stop. What what's his pace right now for this full season? He's got 20 goals. Already. I just
0: actually 30 goals isn't so concerned. He's on pace for 51 this year. Okay. Um, so he's on pace to have 31 more. So my 30 uh, guess was about right. Um, yeah. But yeah, no so like, I He's 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 on a 50 goal pace right now, and it
1: seems like. This whole team, whenever they, there's an empty net around, you know they just fucking funnel him the puck, right? So it's not just you know he'd like the whole team's committed to the bit. It's not just the owner, um, but you know the fucking players try to get him the puck, and that's why he scores so many empty net goals. Um, so I could see it happening. I'm not gonna say it's the most outrageous thing you've ever said,
0: um, but uh,
1: <laughs> I don't know. The, the big question is, I don't know if I'm he'll willing to make it a 43. i I'd be
0: willing to put money down on this that he gets to a thousand. Oh, my I goodness, would. you're that confident. I'm so confident. Wow. Big 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 statement. Um Indeed. Yeah. I get the only thing that could potentially ruin it, well, I guess a couple of things could, but is if Leontis was like, We're not rebuilding while he has while he's chasing the record, is as soon as he gets to eight ninety five that they start trading everyone away and the team really sewers into the basement. Uh and the veterans like, All right, I'm out. I'm retired. I don't want to be part of this. Um, but I don't really foresee that. I think Washington, I mean, even though it would probably set the franchise back years, <laughs> I could see them going, as long as Ovechkin is on this team, even if he's like 42 years old, uh, we're, is, we're, we're not rebuilding. Or we're going to do our best at least to surround him with a decent supporting cast.
1: That would be fucking nuts. That, that would be crazy. Um, At least i like... You know, because once you get to 895... That's still a hundred goals. A full hundred. That's like three seasons worth of goals. Maybe slightly under that you're committing to not rebuilding. And he's already broken the record. You're just trying to go for a thousand. This is like, you know, house money. Cherry on top of the Sunday kind of shit. And at that
0: point, it's not like going for a thousand. It's just, oh, Oveshkin's still here. So we're not going to rebuild.
1: Eh, I think, I think the, the, (laughs) that would be extreme. That would be extremely generous. Like Ovechkin to you know keep committing to the bid just because well, he's teams there. do
0: that all the time. It's like, you, like you know, we can't rebuild while our stars are still here. We can't rebuild while Taves and Kane are still here, while Crosby and Walken are still here.
1: Right, but notice you just named you know player duos where like you could conceivably call it a core, and they're still like quite good. Um, maybe not with Taves and Kane, but you know maybe they thought they were quite good. Um, where you know you could call that a core. I you can't call Alex Ovechkin a core. He's the you know. Sure fucking, you can.
0: He can. You absolutely He's can. Incredible player. Yeah, especially if but Nicholas Backstrom uh, is able to get healthy, Th- then there's your duo. I don't think, frankly, that duo is good enough
1: all around to justify calling that a core that you would keep for three extra years. You know, and say you can't rebuild because of it.
0: Well, the uh, other option, of course, is they actually do think they'll have a shot to compete with them.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: Well, that would be delusional. Um and that would help Ovi get to a thousand. It
1: a hundred percent would. So yeah, you know we'll see. We'll see. There's no way to predict what these fucking capitals will do. The what the management thinks. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, what's what's the projection now? Like what's the timeline? So he's missing what ninety five goals.
0: Um Yeah. So say say he stays on his pace of this year and finishes with fifty one goals, he'd end the year with eight thirty one. Uh, say next year his production drops off a bit uh, to 45 goals. And then he'll end that year with 876. Uh, and then he would pass it in the middle of the year after that. So probably I would say you can expect the record to be broken by around, uh, what would that be? January 2025. Yeah, two years right?
1: from now. I think about, I think, yeah, if you do the math, that's that's right. It's about it, almost exactly two seasons, um, so more yeah, or less twenty four months. Yeah, there you go. You know, barring a lockout or whatever. Um, yeah,
0: that's uh, and that's then, quite close. So say, yeah, yeah. So so he's gonna get there, absolutely no question. Um, and then he'll even has another year after that under contract <laughs> already with Washington. Uh, so say by the end of that year, say he scores. I don't know, we'll say 45 goals Again that season uh, Then dude's doing some math in my Even, head like He will end that season with 921 Goals Um, And then going into a, The final year of his deal Say he drops off again And scores 40 Then we're at 961 yeah. okay. You're telling me, sitting at 961 He doesn't re-up for one more year To try and score another 39 goals To hit a 1000 <sighs> You know, you put it like that. It's intriguing. You know? It's
1: it's possible. Um Okay. This is your this is your take, eh? You're 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 standing
0: your ground here. Honestly, he might even get to eleven hundred. Okay, come on. What are you? <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not <laughs> no, kidding. That that's too much. That's too many gold. Well we'll revisit this clip when he does it. Yeah. Many years from now. Freezing gold takes. Um Maybe. Maybe eleven we'll hundred a 1000 I'm I'm very confident. Wow. Okay. I'm like I'm, I'm like 30% there, you know.
1: That's what I I'm
0: like 95% there. Wow. Though.
2: Okay.
1: That's he how much has, I believe. Yes, stake disclaim. Um yep. there we go.
2: Let's
0: talk about uh-huh. some uh Wait, wait, wait. Talk last thing yep, last thing ahead. on Ovechkin. Of course he's leading Washington with 20 goals. Who's second on the Capitals in goals this year and how many do they have? <laughs> <laughs> Who's second on the Capitals? Man. Is it Anthony Manta? It is not Anthony Manta, who has eight goals. It is Connor Sheery, who has ten.
1: Incredible. So, half of what Ovechkin has? Exactly
0: half, indeed. Well, then.
1: All All right. As you're saying.
0: Very talented. As you're saying, that's Ovi Watch. Uh, By the next time we record, he will almost certainly be uh, in sole possession of second all-time. Um, And next time we record Bo Horvat may be in possession Of a New Jersey um, Because well done. well done Because uh the Canucks Have tendered him an offer Of 8 by small number Or small compared to JT Miller At least And uh he's basically well, Probably was insulted by it And it sounds like any day now He may be on the way out Now Here's what I think of all this. First of all, the optics are pretty bad, uh, mainly because of, you know, the JT Miller extension that was signed over the summer, the 8x8, and all of a sudden, all oh, you signed him long term, and now you're trading Horvat, and it's got a mixed messages, totally discombobulated. Um, if that Miller deal hadn't been signed, then I think trading Horvat now would be pretty smart. Uh and so for that reason I do think it is still smart. You have, you know, 27-year-old penny UFA. Uh, you don't want to lock him up till he's 35, probably. And you're not a very good team anyway. And he's had an extremely high value because he's scoring at a pace way higher than he's ever scored before. So you're going to get a king's ransom for him, or at least you should expect to. Um, What is frustrating for Canucks fans is that you do have still these anchor contracts. Uh, JT Miller, Oliver ekman Larson, Tyler Myers is, is almost done, but still. Uh, and you're like, really, Horvath, someone trading away? And it's this kind of like, still this push and pull of oh yeah we're trying to contend but we're also still ass that's been going on for like five years uh, it was uh never there's no end in sight what a fucking nightmare you know like you go from Jim Benning
1: and you know oh Jim Rutherford's in there you know you got Patrick Alvin maybe it's a new age they're still just as lost this team is completely rudderless all right I have no idea what the direction is and that just leads to year after year of mediocrity and failure that the Canucks are doomed to and deals where they get returns that are nowhere near what they could have been had they had a proper direction. Um, yeah, it just, you know, it makes no sense. I mean, like in terms of this, this whole, this whole approach, right? Uh, if you're committed to signing Horvat, fucking make the space. All right. Plan ahead of time, figure it out and don't fucking lowball the guy. You know, budget a bit better, please. Uh, and if you're going to trade him, then figure that out, and then do what the Habs did with like Ben Chirac. But obviously, Bo Horvat's a way better player. Contract year, Bo Horvat is miles ahead of Ben Chirac in terms of you know quality. Uh, so you know you set your anchor at a very high price, and you go from there. You start the year, he has a great season, and you can sell him very high. And but instead, what you get is you know like this fucking nonsense where he feels insulted. So now you have no leverage because everybody knows he he's probably not going to sign here. He probably wants out. Wants to get traded, and you know they it's you know they they put out shit like you know you see reports like they'll take the best offer out there and not like the the anchoring they'll just take whatever's there terrible terrible no negotiation skills whatsoever and then you combine that with the fact that they just keep piling on these terrible contracts um under the guise of competing um when you know the result is you have to trade away one of your better players who, yeah i agree you should trade him just in, you know overall Just because, you know, yeah, team's not good enough. He's 27. He's not going to be part of your core whenever, whenever if a cup window ever appears, he's not going to be a part of that. Um, So yeah, just completely lost. Lost as an organization, terribly mismanaged. And I am calling it already, that management duo not working out. Don't seem to be,
0: don't seem to have their head in the game. See, here's the thing. I, because uh, Benning's gone and Rutherford and Alvine are there, and yet they're still kind of doing the same thing. And when Benning was there, one thing we kept on saying was, how has he not been fired yet? How is he allowed to make such terrible decisions for so long? And I'm pretty sure it's because it's Aquilini calling the shots. And he was in Benning's ear, telling him what to do. And Jim Benning was really good at saying, yes, boss. And which is why he was able to stick around for seven or eight years or so or however long it was, uh. And now it's once again Aquilini in Rutherford's ear and in Alvin's ear, telling him to do the same things. And one wonders whether, if all people you would think Jim Rutherford would probably have enough of a, a backbone to maybe say, no, that's dumb. Here's how it's going to be. I've won Stanley Cups and you haven't. Um, if that's the case though, it have it hasn't happened yet or doesn't appear to have happened yet. Um because if you i've I, 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 a couple points i 'd forgotten the betting was gone because it feels like the team has run the exact same way as it was when he was there <laughs> you know you 're right it's a, it's a nice observation
1: um what 's the common denominator here Francisco fucking Aquilini so you know yeah. if it 's ownership meddling they 're screwed you know this this is this is going nowhere, and you 'll never catch me picking the Canucks to go to the playoffs again. Not until they do it and they look convincing. Fool me once, shame on me, I guess, or whatever the fuck. But I'm not doing it again. <laughs>
0: yeah, you've been fooled, shame on you. That's right. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure, not sure what you were thinking on that one. Nope. I was shocked the day of. Terrible. Terrible. I thought I was going off the board, and I did, in a bad way. Yeah, you sure did. And I went with the Devils. Uh, and I feel smart. Even though they have lost four in a row, the New Jersey Devils. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so where's Horvat going? That's an excellent question.
1: (laughs) What is this cap here right now? Is it around six? I think it's under six, if I'm
2: remembering correctly. I think it's five and a half.
3: Okay.
0: Yes, five and a half. I haven't looked at the cap stuff, but I know what I have the perfect fit. But I want to hear what you say first. Man, you
2: go ahead. I'm like, I'm blanking here. All right, Bohorvat
0: should be going to the Carolina Hurricanes. This is the the ideal team for him for a couple reasons. First of all, the hur- I mean, they've been they've been hot lately. I think they have points in each of their last nine. Uh, so they've really picked it up since we watched them and said, eh, I don't know. Um, And a hole we pointed out on the roster was they lost Vincent Trocek, who was their great second-line center, and they didn't really fill it in. Jordan Stahl, Kotkaniemi, they've kind of tried to put them those roles, but those are more, you know, third line or in Kakanyemi's case, maybe in a fourth line guy. So a second line center is would be exactly what they need. And Beau Horvat would be an excellent one. Um reason number two, uh they seem to have plenty of cap room. According to their cap friendly, it says they have like almost seven million dollars of current cap space and of deadline cap space. Uh I'm sometimes confused as to the differentiation between those and what they mean and uh so just in case I am uh, misreading this and they would have to clear up cap room to bring Horvat in. Are you telling me the Canucks wouldn't love to bring Jesperi Kotkaniemi on board? Uh, and you could send him back the other way, clear up that potential albatross. Um, and of course you'd throw in plenty more, but what team, uh, should be, uh, more willing to give up their, some prospects from their pretty decent group, some draft picks, uh, in order to supplement their, their team. And elevate their I mean I would say they're probably you can call them a cup contender anyway, but to I mean Horvat puts them on a on a different plane.
1: Yeah, you combine that with, you know, Max Baccharetti, who's uh out on IR and who knows when his Achilles will, will be good. Could be some you know, you you add those two to this roster. Uh and yeah, real menacing look, I guess. Um yeah, which team was it that said they were in the hunt for a top six forward? That we covered. Uh, I can't remember. Dallas. Okay. Yeah. He'd be great in Dallas yeah, as well. He would. You know, honestly, any of these contending teams, if they can dig out the cap space, uh, he kind of fits anywhere. You know, who doesn't... And if they're really taking the best
2: offer. Sounds like you could potentially get him for a bargain
1: if you don't get into a bidding war.
0: Um... Yeah. yeah the other thing i found very interesting apparently they said they don't want to retain any money which is why <laughs> the fuck i doing? know what we shit? saw the first instance i remember that of uh, something like this in 2014 uh the islanders were shopping thomas vanek uh and they're like we don't want to retain any money and i think it was minnesota who was about to acquire him they had a good offer on the table they said you've got to retain some the islanders were like no Montreal said, we'll give you a second rounder and like a B prospect, but it's all right. We can take on the whole captain, like, great, we'll take that one instead. And it was it was a steal of a deadline acquisition for Montreal. And I mean, I just when there's a team who you have a contract coming off the books at the end of this year and you're selling at the deadline, it should be a foregone conclusion that you're retaining half in order to get the maximum value. And then and not only that, but it's only like assuming it's on deadline day, it's like, and in terms of actual money. It's like barely anything for like two more months. And then you never have to think about the money ever again. There's absolutely no reason not to retain half uh, when you're selling a player at a deadline, unless you're selling a ton of players and you only have space to retain on three of them. Then maybe you want to pick your spots, but that's not what the case is in Vancouver.
1: Yeah. You know, this reeks of Aquilini
0: being a penny pinching
1: little shit. Um, Cause otherwise yeah. there's no, no reasoning. You're absolutely right. Because you know, especially given the cap situation around the league, you know, everybody's kind of capped out five, Bo Horvat at five and a half million dollars is appealing. Bo Horvat at two point fucking seven, five million dollars, you know, pro rated. that's insane, right? That's a crazy asset. And anybody, every team has some sort of boat anchor contract that they can chuck to fit this guy onto the roster. All right. It's at two point seven, five million. It's not that hard. So yeah, no, now everybody's in the picture. But five and a half, now you got you you only, you know, you close off your, your offers to teams that can only really afford to do it cap wise. Um so yeah, you're right. There's there's no justification. There's nothing whatsoever. This team is not gonna win this year. They're not acquiring anybody with that cap space anyways. Um, so you're just gonna end the year with with a bit of cap space. What's the point? I don't know. Um so yeah, there's there's no there's no reasoning behind not retaining because his contract's fucking up at the end of the year. And you're not doing anything else with that cap space anyways. So it's gotta be to save money. Um, which
0: uh unfortunate, unfortunate, and it's the owner holding them back. I should say, uh when I was with uh Carolina's cap space before, I did miss a little something, which was indeed that the cap it uh didn't count already. So uh assuming you probably want to bring Patri back, you know. I mean you could technically if you wanted to acquire or Horvat, keep Patch at LTI hard until the playoffs, but I think especially since he's never played with this team before at all, you probably don't want to do that. Um so they would have to clear up room to bring in Horvat. But still, my point stands uh, you know, you give Vancouver Kakanyami. They love to have players signed for eight years. Uh and I'll, draft picks, prospects, whatever collection. Uh, and then maybe get Vancouver to retain a little on Horvat. Or if they really don't want to retain, send them anti Ranta, they could use a backup goalie probably. I don't know if they want Spencer Martin there. Uh and uh then then Bob's your uncle.
1: Yeah. So Certainly a solid candidate. I am looking forward very much to seeing what this return is going to be. Um, cause same it, here. It might be extremely underwhelming, and that would be very funny. <laughs> and then we could yeah. really,
0: really start pointing fingers. Yeah. A couple of quick points before we get to guess who. Um, Mitch Martyr's point streak is over at twenty-three games. He failed to register one against the Rangers last night. Boo hoo. Any thoughts on this. Um, uh,
1: twenty-three. That's pretty long congratulations um but i mean this is one of those records that's never gonna be broken right like what's the fucking what's the actual record it's like 50 something 51 yeah okay. for
0: gretzky gone
1: forgot about it
0: but uh impressive nevertheless well, Lemieux almost broke it at some point in the 90s mario right. lemieux got to like a 46 gamer at one point <laughs> uh, i'm pretty sure
1: yeah i i n- n- did not have the faith as nobody should have
0: uh that he was gonna get anyone well, no near one that. thought he would get to 51 but some people were like oh is he gonna break the like the Capua record, which I think is like thirty or something, gives a shit. Or like the the winger <laughs> record, the winger you know. record. I don't care about the winger record. Um, yeah, I but uh, like because everyone knows he's never gonna, he's not gonna get to the yeah. fifty-one. These are the kind of the milestones people like to look out for. So yeah, that's fair. I guess you can look out for them. I personally think they're terribly
1: lame. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good for those people. Doesn't seem like he got it. Um, but uh, yeah, cool. Twenty-three is fucking long, so. Hats off to him. I have nothing else to add.
0: Next up, do you have any anything to add on uh, Thomas Shabbat swinging his stick at Travis Hamonic on yeah. the bench?
1: When it rains, it pours, huh? In, in Ottawa, <laughs> <There>. <laughs> My God, train wreck right now because uh, they keep losing. Then and then uh, now you're in the you're in the you're going viral on Twitter for all the wrong reasons. Uh, it was Shabbat on Hamonic, right? The cross check. Yes. Uh, the tough swung fucking stick. moment. Tough moment. Looked like it really hurt. And the Shabbat just losing his mind on that one, just that moment of nothing in the brain going on. Yeah, it was
0: very weird because uh, it wasn't intentional. No. But you would expect, first of all, someone sitting on the bench to know there's someone next to you, <laughs> <laughs> and you would also expect once he realized he hit him in the face to go like have like a real like oh shit moment. But instead, he was just kind of like sorry and like carried on, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, which maybe leads me to believe that everyone really does hate Travis Hamanick. Um, I won't read too much into it in that sense, um, but just I have a hard time believing he was. How could anyone be possibly that unaware? Because you were comparing it to the Keith Ballard thing in 2012, after the Panthers gave up an overtime goal and he swung his stick in frustration to, like, break it against the post and accidentally hit his goalie, Thomas Volkun in the head. Um, And that one is kind of more understandable because when you're on the ice and skating around, you may not be as, like, spatially aware. But Shabbat had been sitting there on the bench (laughs) between two people. I was like, how could you possibly lose track of that? Excellent
1: question. I, you know, how do you not realize you're not the one guy on the end Um, and swinging your stick? Yeah, very reckless, very strange behavior. Um, and, uh, there's no real rationale behind it. I don't, what did he think he was the guy on the end? And like, he was going to hit the stanchion or something. (sighs) I don't know. Everything is going wrong in Ottawa though. That's clearly
0: fucking Thomas Shabbat's losing his mind. Yep. Um, actually there's one more thing I want to mention actually that I didn't bring up to you before. Uh, I'm sure you've seen the NBA is changing their award names. Yep. Was it to to honor players? Yeah. Fast yeah. So. Players.
1: That's, what, that's, everybody, that's everybody that they named uh-huh. it after.
0: Yeah. Okay. And then, of course, NHL people are saying, oh, should they do this in the NHL? Should they call the Norris Trophy the Bobby Orr Trophy? Should they call the Hart Trophy the Wayne Gretzky Trophy? And every time I hear this conversation, I just want to tear my ears out and rip <laughs> out my own nose. Man, is this the worst idea I've heard in my entire fucking my goddamn God. life? Okay, Why are you so this idea this? Yeah. is so, so profoundly uncreative and unoriginal and just altogether cringe. I saw this, a JFresh poll of like, should the NHL rename their awards? And like, what should, uh what should they be? And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll fill this out. And every single award, it's like, you know, Norris Trophy should it be named after Bobby Orr or Paul Coffey or Nick Lidstrom, or Ray Bork, or which, which other Hall of Fame defenseman? It's like, really, is this the extent? Who gives of, a shit? Who gives a shit? It's <laughs> like, we you, you don't need to honor these players by naming awards after them. It just, it feels so lazy. I don't know what, why it bothers me so much. Um, It's like, the the best defenseman of the year trophy, named after the best defenseman of all time. I don't know, just... It feels so childish. That's what it is. It's profoundly childish to me. I like, if you, uh, I'm i not against naming awards in general or renaming awards in general, obviously. Um, I think, first of all, I love the mystique of no one knows who the hell these guys are that <laughs> you are, na- are named after. Who's Art Ross? I think, I think the NHL really has that going for it. it really and, but if it, if, yeah. if it was up to me and I had to rename every single award, I'm renaming the Hart Trophy to the MVP trophy. I'm renaming the Norris trophy to the best defenseman trophy. I'm renaming the Vesna to best goalie trophy. I'm renaming the Calder trophy to rookie of the year trophy and so on. I think the NHL really had it right when they had GM of the year award. I think the award name should tell you what the award is. Uh, that That's my honest perspective on things. And I think if the NHL ever gets to a point where every trophy is named after Gretzky or Bob Orr or Gordy Howe or or Mario Lemieux, or Mike Bossy, or Sidney Crosby, or Patrice Bergeron, then uh, we've taken a, a terribly wrong turn. Yeah,
1: it's cringe. It's 100% now that i thought about it. It is terribly cringe. Especially the act of renaming. It's one thing if you're naming a new award. The act of renaming it, I don't know, somehow makes it worse, I feel. Uh, it does, and, it does. Uh, yeah, so you're, you're, you're absolutely right, spot on. With the, I don't know who the fuck these people are. Who's Lady Bing? I don't know. It's okay. I'm not looking into it. I don't care enough to look into it, but sure. Sportsmanship allegedly. Um. So, you know, that's, yeah. You associate exclusively the name of the trophy. You know, I don't know who the heart trophy named after. I just laugh when, you know, heck, Carter Hart, that's the
0: guy in the league. Um. So yeah. That's yeah. the other thing. It's cool to only associate a name with the trophy. And because, you know, it's like Marilyn Mew, you think of so many things about Marilyn Mew or, even rocket richard i guess is the one example of like an award named after like a famous hall of fame player. Uh like one is fine sure and i think like it was never renamed to that. It was introduced as that so like whatever. I'll we can do one. Yeah. But people think of rocket richard, they think of oh, hockey legend, scored a lot of goals, all these things. And before they think of, you know, oh, and he has that award named after him. But like with Art Ross or like James Norris, you're like, oh, the award. Yeah. And I appreciate that. I, I do appreciate
1: that as well. I don't need this baggage. All right. That has nothing to do yeah, with the award. Yeah, yeah. I don't need to think about the person. All right. That's
0: not the bit. All right. Just fucking name the trophy. Talk about the stats. Yeah. Except. Yeah. I don't need to be thinking about Bobby Orr every time we give yeah. Mikhail Makar the Norris trophy. That's, that's right. And also the Orr trophy sounds stupid. Just, 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 it does and also, I think what makes it feel very childish to me, I feel like, you know. If you have a leave of like nine year olds, he would be like, and the MVP Sidney Crosby trophy or whatever, because it kind of gives off the, the like, oh, you were like the Crosby of the year or right. whatever, Jesus which Christ. should not be the, you do want to be like, Kel McCar, you were the most like Bobby Orr this year because you were the best one. And I feel like if you're renaming the awards after the player who was best at that, like people, the worst one, people were like, oh, the the Calder trophy should be the Tame Solani trophy because he had like the best rookie here ever. Like, really? really we're like oh the best rookie was the most like tame sulani 76 goal year by i don't know <laughs> Matty banier has got like 25 or so well done yeah absolutely
1: that, don't need that conspira- don't need that comparison all right that's not what i want to do every fucking with year with this logic with yeah. this
0: logic we'd be renaming the stanley cup to the the montreal canadians trophy since they've won it the most <laughs> that's
1: that's that's absolutely correct
0: um yeah
1: no not a good move would not recommend it. Waste of everybody's time, and go go put your energy somewhere else, please. Full um, uh-huh. out I'm glad other. I got polls. to rant about this. Yeah, you you you're, you're completely in the right on this, and uh, yeah, I'm fully in support. Awesome. All right,
0: time for guess who? Let's go. You ready? We're fucking crazy. Right.
1: I'm losing. I'm losing in this series. It's not good. Yeah, what ah.
0: happened? Woo! All right, so um, we decided this week's so with we all the Horvat drama that we could uh, do the Canucks. So notably, they have quite a few injuries. So I actually, I left Travis Dermott off this list because he has been injured all year and hasn't played a game. I left Vasily Colson off the list because he's in the minors. So it's basically the current roster as of yesterday, plus like a couple injured players like uh, Demko and Besser, um, Tucker Poolman. So here's our list. Patrick Demko, Spencer Martin, Colin Delia, Quinn Hughes, Oliver ekman Luke Shen, Ethan Bear, Tyler Myers, Tucker Pullman, Riley Stillman, Kyle Burrows, Elise Pedersen, Bo Horvat, JT Miller, Brock Besser, Andre Kuzmenko, Connor Gerland, Ilya Mikheyev, Niels Hooglander, Tanner Pearson, Curtis Lazar, Sheldon Dries, Dakota Joshua, Jack Stunika, and Niels Aman. Sounds good. Time to get back on the wagon, the winning wagon. All right, we'll see about that now, won't we? Oh, boy, this is not a good space. We'll try to get end. you into a two nothing hole today. That's what's going to happen. Fucking nightmare. Um,
1: all right. Uh, well, I have home guest advantage since I so famously lost a very tieable matchup last week or three weeks ago. Sure did. You go but ahead and ask your question. Oh yeah, that's right. We have to do this. And now I have my player. And uh, who shall announce first? All right, I will mute my incoming audio in three. Two, one. Spencer Martin.
2: And I'm back. All right. I'll be muting in three, two, one. My
0: player is Bo Horvat.
1: All right. You know, this, this time around, I think I made a mistake last time. Uh, what Was it filtering out? I will be triple, quadruple checking everything.
0: All right. So I am guessing first, correct? Yeah. yeah. Interestingly, there are very few Vancouver draft picks on this team. Mm. It's just Demko, Hughes, Pedersen, Horvat, Besser, and Hooglander. So, obviously, that is not an appropriate starting question. Um, but maybe I'll, I'll, I'll sort by number. Nice, simple one. Is your player's number
2: less than 41? Yes. Okay. So, I am down to 13. Hmm. All right. Let's see. How should we
1: divide this?
3: Um,
1: okay. All right. Uh, was your player drafted in uh, 2014 or earlier?
2: Yes. Okay. So they were drafted, and in 2014 or earlier.
3: Okay. All right.
2: Hmm. Does your player shoot right? Um no. All right, down to 7.
0: Not great, but it's okay. I like this collection of 7. It's looking okay for me. <laughs> uh let's see. Okay.
1: All right, I don't know how to divide
2: these. Maybe by nationality. Let me sort. Okay. That works. As uh, your player Canadian? Yes, my player is Canadian. Alright. That's nice. Is your player drafted by the Vancouver Canucks. No. Right,
0: down to four. Yeah, oh, that's, that's tough. That's tough, man. Uh um, it's, it's not bad. It's not bad with this group of four. Okay, if you say so.
2: Um uh, hmm. do I There's a certain
1: division I would like to make. And I have achieved it. Um, Does your player's first name start with K or earlier in the alphabet?
2: Yes. Okay. All right. How many players do you have? I have three.
0: All right. I've got four. got three. Now, the question is, four is very tricky because do I want to start guessing or do I want to split it down to two? And I think I'm going to split it down to two. Well, your players. I just have to decide. Oh, um, yeah, my players are J.T. Miller, Sheldon Drives, Oliver Ekman Larson, and Spencer Martin. A very eclectic mix of seemingly <laughs> random players. Um, but I think I'm going to. Hmm, who do I want to? Who do I want to pair with who? I think I'm going to ask. Is your players' number divisible by five? <laughs> Um, yes. All right. So I'm down to Sheldon Dries, number 15, and Spencer Martin, number 30. I think I know where I will lean when it is time for me to guess. All right. My three players are uh, Bo
1: Horvat, Curtis Lazar, and Kyle Burrows. Um, don't feel like picking Horvat, given that he's straight up the reason why we're doing this thing. Um, so is your
0: player... Uh Curtis Lazar. My player is not Curtis Lazar. Okay, so that's unfortunate. Go ahead. Is your player Sheldon Dries? No,
1: it's not Sheldon Dries. No! Okay, now this is for the win, hopefully. Is your player Kyle
0: Burrows? My player is not Kyle oh, Burrows. Oh fuck off, man. That's terrible. Okay, go is ahead. Is your player Spencer Martin? Yeah, it is. Is your player Bo Horvat? Yes, it is. Uh, no, that's Horvath. what a wash. Just that's just the straight wash <laughs> of All right. Yeah. I <laughs> Jesus guess you Christ. probably thought you would win because you had a goalie, and I yeah. thought I'd win because I had Horvat oh, and every right. tied. Oh, man. Well, it worked out. All right. Huh. Well, depends how you look at things. It worked out. I was hoping to get the, the W there. Yeah. Oh. I've got the loser mindset, so I'm happy with the tie. Uh-huh. So right. turned, it was absolutely the right call for me to split in two because oh, yeah. Martin would have been my last guess. I've been screwed. I would have been screwed. All right. All right. Again, round two. Got my player. Do you have yours? Yep. I will mute in three, two, one. Elias Patterson.
2: And I'm back. All right. I'm muting in uh, three, two, one. My player is Tyler Myers.
1: All right. We're back. All right, guess away, my friend. Uh, let's go with number. I missed the number last time. So is your player's number 40 or less? Uh, No, my okay. player's number is
2: not
0: 40 or less. So 41 or higher. Is your player's last name uh, Joshua or earlier in the alphabet? Uh, No. All right, down to 12.
2: Okay. You'd love to see it. Yeah cringe
1: don't you no not one bit maybe i'll go canadian again uh no it doesn't work out okay is your player canadian or swedish is Neil Zaman swedish
0: uh yes my player is canadian or swedish okay he's swedish all right all right uh does your player shoot right i'll ask it again
2: uh just one minute
0: um, so you asked if my player
1: shoots right and I say, yes. no. Okay. Down to six. You know, you left me in a bad situation last round where you're like, does your player
0: shoot right? And Spencer Mar- Martin catches left. Yeah. Well, I also, I, yeah. I thought of that, but I knew that all Canucks goalies catch left. Yeah. So there was no option for a goalie who catches right. So. But you didn't specify catch. You said shoot. Yeah, well, Martin doesn't shoot right, does he? Uh, I guess he doesn't. So I don't know how it. that works. Uh well, you know what? Okay, who, who catches left also shoots left. People oh. who catches right shoots right.
1: Is that is that is that really the case? Yeah. Well, if they've got
2: their
0: glove on the left hand, isn't the yeah? You got your glove on the left hand, and you hold the top of your stick with the blocker. And so you hold, yeah, you hold a stick with your right hand and then, you know, the lower hand is your left hand and you shoot left. Oh, I
1: thought, I thought the glove went on top of the stick and the blocker goes, you know, near the middle. Nope, That's not the case. Well then, you learn something every day. All right.
2: Well, we are, uh, I think it's my turn, right? Yes. Okay. Uh,
1: hmm. This is interesting. I don't know how to divide these. Was your player drafted in the first four rounds?
0: Yes, my player was drafted in the first four rounds. Oh, that's lovely. That's lovely to hear. All right. Um, Is your player Canadian? Uh, my player is not Canadian. Bye-bye, Spencer Martin <laughs> and Tanner Pearson and Riley Stillman. I'm down to three. Wow, this is so interesting
1: because you know who I have riley stillman and tanner pearson and fucking bo horvat so that's that's i have stillman pearson and the guy you had last round which is who you just crossed off um which is fascinating anyways um i'm gonna pick is your player tanner pearson no my players not oh what the hell is this what is this cold
0: streak man i can't i can't guess anything right it's a travesty all right i've got Ilya Mikheyev, jt miller and elias petterson I'm gonna guess the worst of them all. Is your player Ilya Mikheyev? No. Okay. It's not.
2: Okay. Is your player Riley Stillman?
0: No, my no, player get out not of here. Riley no, Stillman. This is not right. Is your player uh, J T. Miller? No, it's not. Okay. Is your player
1: Bo Horvat? No.
0: Oh my, my God! What Bo did Bo I
2: do?
1: What did I do? Is your player God damn it.
0: Is your player Elias Patterson? Yeah, it's Elias Patterson. I think I know where you went wrong. Oh yeah, Let's hear did this one. you? When I said uh, that my player is Canadian or Swedish, yeah. is that when you removed Tyler Myers? It hey, is when I removed Tyler Myers. He's he was as born. Oh, he was boy. born in the U.S., yeah, not but either. not only is he a dual citizen, he has actually played for Canada internationally. So I feel very justified by saying that indeed he is Canadian. That's that's terrible. You're right. You know I'm
1: not. I do not place the blame at your feet. So I win. The fucking Travis is what it is. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Wow. You know what? I gotta stop messing around with this flag shit. You know this country. It's <laughs> it's it screwed me. I think twice now. Um, where the dual citizenship I crossed something. You know what? I'm swearing off of it for the rest of my existence. All right. No more (laughs) nationality questions. (laughs) Because I don't know who the fuck is a dual citizen, who isn't. My God, it just cost me. I had
0: forgotten that Myers was American, too, honestly. So that could have boned me if it happened another way. Uh, I just, I knew he had played for Team Canada before. Yikes. You know, like I said, I import these from hockey reference, these Excel sheets.
1: So Mm -hmm. I blame them. It's not on them. All right. Well, it's on you if you keep doing it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, fool me once, the whole bit. All right. Um,
0: <laughs> All right. Last uh, round. I need to win,
1: eh? Jesus Christ!
0: You need to win to to draw the tie. Indeed, you do. Okay. Do you have your player? Yep. All right. I've got mine as well. I will mute in three, two, one. JT Miller.
2: And I'm back. All right. I'm muting in three, two, one. My player is Colin Delia. All right. Let's
0: fucking roll. Nice. Ugh. All right. Last round. Do or die situation Jesus in a way Christ. for you. Uh, not really. That's a bit dramatic, to be honest. But anyway. I'm going to fucking die. <laughs> All right. Um, hmm. uh, the age cutoff is not great here, at least for question one. So let's do a draft spot question. I like draft spot questions. I haven't done one yet. Uh, is your. A uh, player uh, drafted in the top 60.
2: Yes. All right. Down to 13.
0: Not so bad. Okay. Um. Hmm. But I guess it is the worst of the two possible outcomes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Does your
1: player's last name begin with H or earlier in the alphabet? Yes.
2: It's good to know. Alright, how does the the
0: age split up now? Is it better? Uh not really, no. <laughs> I still have an awkward cutoff. Um, I will ask, uh, is your
2: player uh Vancouver Canucks draft pick? No. Okay. So goodbye to all those folks. Down to seven. Alright.
1: I'm liking this. Alphabetical bit. Is your player's uh, last name Dries or later in the alphabet?
2: No. Okay, so it's earlier. <laughs> is your... Hmm.
0: How, sh- how should I? Oh, I do not like this group of seven very much. It's an awkward one. Uh, Is your player 30 or older?
2: Um, my player
1: is, uh, not 30 or older.
0: Okay. That's, that's okay. I've got three left. Oh,
1: terrible. I thought I was hoping to corn you into four.
0: Okay. Huh?
1: I don't know. Where Where do I, where do I take this? See, I need a win, don't I? You absolutely need a win. Oh, uh, I need a swing for the fences. Should I, cause I have six
2: and I don't know how to swing. Okay.
1: All right. I'll swing in an interesting way. Um, I have two goalies. I'm gonna put them in the same category and try to dig out the forward. Um, is your player does your player shoot or catch right?
2: No. Oh yeah. Let's go. All right. Got two goalies in the
1: mix. All
0: right. I got three, three players left.
1: Fucking dunk.
0: Let's go. Uh, three. I got three players left. I don't like this group. I got Jack Stunika, Curtis Lazar and JT Miller. Um Miller's the, the scariest one. Stunika's kind of new there. I feel like Lazar. I mean I I I don't like this group as I'm saying, but I'll I'll go with Lazar anyway. Is your player Curtis Lazar? No. Shit.
2: Okay. Well,
1: this is easy. Got to go with the non-goalie. Is your player Niels Aman? No. Fuck right off. You know, that's, that's terrible. What, what is this? Have I not get, <laughs> I haven't guessed correctly in a long time now. Or I just, just keep whiffing. Just whiff, whiff, whiff. I only get it by default, apparently. That's what happened in the first round.
0: It's like the last guy last. Is your player, is your player Jack Stunica?
1: No, it's not.
0: Oh, Thank God. God for this. Cause now I got a chance to
1: fucking tie the series up. Well, not the series series, like today's series. By picking the right goalie. This is lots of fun. Everybody's favorite activity. Colin Delia. Thatcher Demko. Yeah, I can't I can't in good conscience go with Thatcher Demko. Is your player Colin Delia?
0: Yeah. That's fucking (laughs) cool. Oh Oh, yeah. JT Miller. What? Yeah, it is JT Miller. Oh man. I can't believe I fumbled this one with (laughs) Colin Delia in my hands. Holy shit.
1: Man, what a thriller.
0: Embarrassing tie for me.
1: Yeah, it's tough. You had that one in the bag. You you had a goalie there. Man. Sigh. I, You know, all three rounds, I felt pretty good about who I had. You know, JT Miller, Elias Patterson, and the goalie, Spencer Martin.
0: Yeah. You really blew it by not knowing that Tyler Myers was Canadian. Yeah, that one's on me. You would have had that win, probably. Probably. But you know what? Honestly,
1: probably not. Think about it, because I wouldn't have gone with this goalie split. I would have split them into
0: two separate categories, had I... Ah yes. Um, I guess that's that's true. And I'd not been shooting for the See, in light. my mind, the way you explained it, I thought you meant you had six players left and you were trying to have one category with like two players, and the other category with two players and two goalies.
1: Yeah. I I thought about that, but I thought it would be more intriguing if I managed to isolate Neil Zaman, you know? Yeah. Uh, that appealed and you
0: did me. you sure did isolate Neil aman <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
1: that, that paid off in, in a way that I did not expect.
0: Yeah. At all. All right. Well, right. oh, well, that's the end of the episode. Um a, a tad lengthier than average. We've been fluctuating a lot lately, uh, which is interesting. Uh as I kind of mentioned before, we'll be back in two weeks probably, a little bit of a holiday break. Um, so there will be lots of stuff to discuss. One imagines. Uh I do. We want to pick a team to watch over, like the a certain span of time, or just kind of take a take a short break from that.
1: Is there a Christmas break for the NHL?
0: I can never remember. Hmm?
1: I, is there a Christmas break? Yeah, they have like, like
0: a, th- They usually have like
2: three days off.
3: Okay. I'm good either way. You know.
0: Uh eh, all right. Let's take let's take a little break then. All I right. think. Sure. Sounds good. So we'll okay. start. Well, we'll have lots of news to cover the world juniors yeah, probably exactly all
1: that you know when we come back so it'll, it, i think it would be too long anyways if we tried um to fit a team do like two weeks of a team yeah exactly years. we would to do every game too much uh-huh. um but, so okay. yeah we'll just we'll we'll take a break
0: two weeks and we'll pick a new team yeah anything else before we wrap it up nope nothing else thanks for listening to fusion and hockey podcast on this december 16th edition see you soon uh enjoy Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, uh, enjoy the snow, Christmas trees, all that type of thing. Uh, and we'll see you right before New Year's. And maybe, we'll, maybe we maybe we'll do a little like 2022 in review situation or something. That type of thing's is always fun. Nice. All right. Okay. See ya. The end.